I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. I use Hip Hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm Threat to the Fifth Element. Highlight Fifth Element Hip Hop with knowledge. We're not digging digits this time. We're shifting with the digits. Could have said to make an ice cream. Said, uh, ice cream. We could have said yeah, that we're incarcerated Scarfaces. Could have said that we are. <laughs> so many things that we could have been. Ben, been aren't we Lex all Diamonds. incarcerated? Aren't we all incarcerated? In this in this mind system, systemic. Hi Ben. Don't know what I'm talking about. What have you listened to this week? Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get deep early. Get deep <laughs> early. Uh, this week, this week, this week, this week, uh, let me just get up my little graphic that I painstakingly put together and then get dragged for it not being pretty enough. Uh, we've got a scissor right at the Yeah, that happen, happens every week. Scissor right at the top, uh, SOS. I wasn't going to listen to this album, but I had some time last night. I listened to it on Friday when it dropped or before it dropped for everyone else because it came out early in Australia just to get a, get a, get a sense of it. And I couldn't get a sense of it at all. I just wasn't in the right headspace. So I sat down with headphones last night. I reckon the first like five or six songs are really, really great. Like really good. Yep. Low is a freaking banger. Like Agreed. a straight up banger. Um, I think it just, it, it really drew me in. Even used with Don Tolliver, I, I enjoyed it. But that was kind of the turning point for me. Um, maybe smoking on my X-Pack as well. Uh, and then we got like... Ghost in the Machine, which was okay. F2F, no. Nobody gets me, no. Conceded, no. Special, no. Like, it was just, we, we went into this pop realm in the middle of the album, and I felt like it was entirely unnecessary. Obviously, it's not because she's going to sell 300K first week, and her last album, Control, sold 60K first week. So, you know, it is what it is, I guess. But like, yeah, I was I was disappointed. I was really disappointed with the middle of the album because I thought that she'd hit a really good vibe. I thought that the energy was great. Um, you know, I thought the messaging was great as well. Very relatable. Uh, a lot of that content is stuff we've all been through in our lives. But yeah, the middle just turned into uh, Charlie. I don't want to blow his spot up, but someone else that I know, not Charlie, said that this album sounds like it's an Avril Lavigne album in the middle. And I I thought it was like a Taylor Swift kind of cover act in the middle. I meant Taylor Swift. When you said Taylor Swift, I was like, yeah, that was probably the better better Yeah, I mean, both of them. It just just randomly turned into that. I was just like, what's going on? What, What happened? Well, there was a bit of rock in the middle there, some guitars as well. So, you know, it could, could have easily been Avril Lavigne. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. I mean, I I respect SZA for putting out the album that she wanted to put out. Um, I thought it was definitely a journey. There's no doubt about that. When I first listened to it, I thought, oh, yeah, some of these songs would go really good on playlists. But with the SZA album, I kind of want to be drawn in and held for the entire record. Um, and this was just, you know, 23 tracks was just a bit bloated, that's all. But I think it's a good album. I can understand entirely why it's being streamed like crazy. I think it, um, Chart Data just said it's the highest streamed female R&B album the first day of release on Spotify ever, which is freaking massive, man. And 
someone else tweeted out the other day, I'm convinced that first week sales are a reaction to your previous album, which might be true as well because Control obviously is now like almost mythical in how great it is and, and the way people talk about it. I don't know what's going to happen with SOS, if it's going to end up the same, but uh, yeah, man, shout out SZA. She she did her thing on this and I respect it fully. You know, she's done very well commercially. Um, yeah, and I thought the first half was good. Uh, what else have we got here? Mount Westmore finally came out. What 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 was this like? The, they were so close so many times on this album to creating something incredible. And then the next track would just be about like mundane, inane sex. I, I don't get it. Snoop Dogg was the best performer on this whole album by a long way. I thought Ice Cube was going to be the best. I genuinely did. I thought Ice Cube was going to clean it up. I thought Snoop was going to get like caught too hard in the... The 50-year-old sex bag. I mean, having sex in the backseat oh, of my we car. We listen to War and Peace. We know, we know what Cube quality is, is these, these days. Uh, I guess so. Snoop quality is so. still decent. Like, yeah, no, Snoop, can, uh, Snoop yeah. can still bring it. And, and I think everyone else on this project fell really short. It hurts me to say that I did not enjoy... <laughs> short. Yeah, well, yeah, too short. Maybe too know. short. To be fair, that's probably a better punchline than anything I heard from E40 <laughs> on this whole album, bro. I I don't know what's no, going fine, on. I adore E40. Up, you dunked it. I adore E40 so much, and yeah, I did not enjoy a solitary verse he delivered on this album. I don't know what happened. Yeah, man, it was, it was just a disappointment. It was a fizzer. I saw a few people saying they enjoyed it, and someone told me to listen to it in the whip. Uh... I did that. Trust me. That's where you listen to this kind of music. And it just didn't hit for me. It just didn't hit for me. I don't know. The beats were okay, but yeah, the the, the content was a real myth. It was a disappointment. Cool G Rap, not a disappointment at all. Great freaking album. Gritty beats, great rhymes. Cool G Rap can still freaking rap, man. He's rapping at the top of the tree. It's, it's a really solid project. I would highly recommend people go listen to that. Uh, I think that was it that I listened to this week. I'm just running down. Yeah, that was it. That was it from this week. It wasn't a massive week. So, yeah. What about yourself, Charlie? Yeah, so um, I finished the um, Salt 5 pack finally after after all these weeks. Um, if you want me to rank them, I would say um, Earth, uh, Air and Air 2 um, are probably the top three um, pretty easily. And then the rest of them are just like... I could, you know, just chop and change. Um, I'd probably just then put like a 11, <clears throat> 11 and then Untitled God and then uh, Today and Tomorrow. Um, yeah, so uh, I've, I've, I've talked about a couple of them. I talked about Air 2 and I think I talked about Earth. But um, yeah, the other three, um, they're pretty, the, the whole the whole series is pretty consistent. Um, and uh, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason in terms of like how you, how you should listen to them. Or if there's a sequence that you should listen to them, um, I would just um, I would just say that either Earth or one of the Airs are going to make my album list. I'll say that much. I love all three of those definitely. Um, but yeah, the other ones are cool, definitely worth a listen, of course. Uh, but they just have varying uh, varying elements that uh, can you know that 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 put me off, uh, other than. Apart from uh, 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 or compared to uh, Earth and uh, Air, um, the Air series are definitely the most unique in just how they're constructed. Like, like fucking orchestral classic music is crazy. Um, with the G- with the with with all the come to Jesus talk, of course. Um, but yeah, 
Shout out to Saul. Um, <laughs> it'd be pretty, pretty, pretty crazy if I didn't manage to find a way to put him somewhere on my list. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, uh, Desron Douglas uh, at Atal- Atalaya, um, another international anthem uh, banger. Um, it's okay. It's fine. Um, you know, so it's kind of uh, has this. I don't know. It had this. Um, uh, it just had a clunky nature to it that kind of put me off. Uh, throughout the whole album, uh, wasn't really a cons- I couldn't I couldn't really sit with it comfortably. I'll say, um, but uh, yeah, man, he it's some it's some good um, inner messaging within the music. I would say, um, but, um, and his and his entire steez, um when looking at him um, as an artist. But yeah, the album itself it, it's 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 fine. It's, it's passable. Uh, I can't complain. Uh, l- lyrics with uh, with just. L Y R I Q S, um, so lyrics. Uh, Hillman, very fascinating uh, record. This one, very fascinating. Um, really smooth, really um, just blended very well from track to track. Uh, didn't feel like there was any, you know, holes, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a very, it's very interesting album. I didn't really, uh, I came into it just put it on, you know, what I mean, just put it on the spin. Um, I type. Where did I even find lyrics from? Uh, Five hundred and sixty-nine uh, monthly listeners, Ben. Uh, for for since you know we enjoy uh, bigging up the people that have less than a K. Um, but yeah, uh, from New Jersey, um, just come through with a decent album. Uh, got influences in obviously Tribe, Fugees, Seventies uh, Funk, uh, Antoine Montauk, 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 Montauk with a Q, Q U E, Montauk. I don't know. Uh, but yeah decent influences and it um, comes through with the album as well um so yeah very 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 vibey very vibey uh what else we have uh jay prince and tiny spies adventures of youth this is just a three pack um nice instrumentation uh nice uh just uh ni- nice loving uh lyrics i would say and uh yeah just a really nice three pack uh definitely worth a listen uh i'm surprised um jay prince has just been kind of under the under the radar this past year um he put off <laughs> J A Y Prince, by the way, not the not the J Prince in rap fame. By the way, just want to say that um, if anyone's anyone's confused. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know, man. I, just, I, just, I remember seeing a lot of um, you know, he was putting out a lot of good stuff um in the past few years, and, uh, and then I just saw him come up, and I was just like, oh yeah, I remember. Oh, I forgot. I don't know. I feel, I feel like he had a head of steam, but um, anyway, regardless. Uh, Kamaya, keep it lit. Um, love me some Kamaya now and again. Come through this EP, little care package. Um, I think she's independent label now. Um, so shout out to her on that front for uh, going independent. Um, and yeah, bouncy Oakland hip hop. What else do you want from her? Absolute bangers. Um, definitely bumping the whip territory. Cool G rap, last of dying breed. Uh, Echo Ben's thoughts. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, one of the best in the game. Can't wait to do his retrospective when we get down to it. And lastly, says it SOS. Um, yeah, bloated. Um, is the just the one word I would use for it? Um, weird middle just turned into something that was just like okay. Um, and I've seen a couple of people say this on on uh, in places where you know she has this tendency to like mumble half the half the bar and then and then you hear it the last few words. <laughs> I sent Ben the video, but it reminds me of this uh, Family Guy cutaway where uh, Sting is singing and he just says the last two words, cl- like the last three words clearly, but the rest of it is just mumbling. And it's, it's if, you've seen the, if you've seen the cutaway, you know what I'm talking about. And it's basically that. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I don't know how 
or why she does that. Um, it, it's, it's it's a bit it's a bit jarring to be honest. But um, yeah, man, is it was it worth the wait? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I guess because I'm considering it, probably not. But um, it's cool. It's cool to have her come through again. Um, the fact she's uh risen in numbers so so quickly um is uh, definitely impressive in itself um so yeah man all the best to her on that front and uh good stuff um but yeah album's way too bloated um definitely could have been condensed to about 13 ish tracks um definitely some cuts in there um but and there's going to be a deluxe really um, i mean sure go for it like you know that's I that's mean, the season be, these days yeah. but yeah. i mean yeah it's just sales yeah, you just have, have to deluxe Bro, Nux, Nux did a, a deluxe of uh, Alpha Place, and it said you just two two more tracks. So I'm just like, was there it's any point? <laughs> Is there any point really? Yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't know. If it ain't if it ain't Denzel, if it ain't Denzel, Melt My Eyes Extended Edition, where it's literally completely different in every way, different vibe, different everything, then I can't. I don't see the point. If you're just gonna add a few tracks, just like I don't know, just why why if they if they're good, then they'd be on the album, right? So, I don't know. But anyway, we get into our topic of this episode. We are continuing on with our Book of Woo series, and we are hitting up the chef, Raekwon, uh, in his solo discography. Um, easy, um, I think, uh, general thoughts is that I think, I don't know how people describe Raekwon, right? Um, I just haven't bothered to look that, uh, to seek that kind of. Um, uh, thoughts from people like um, oh, what's your what's your thoughts on Raekwon I've never actually you know looked trafficked in that information but I feel like if people don't call him one of the best like storytellers um, in the game I feel like he's being underrated on that front and also just the I think emotional intelligence he has as well um, some tracks he can get really emotional and really do some deep hard hitting shit um it's kind of what i it's kind of what i like right uh where it's it's you know similar to i've literally just been listening to like chain of right the reason why i like her so much is because she can do the hard shit but she also has that vulnerable side as well um and i feel like having both having both sides of that coin is very valuable and raekwon definitely traffics in that um to a high level um so yeah with that said, uh, continuing on, Ben, what have you got for us on Raekwon? Yeah, Raekwon the chef, born in Brownsville, Brooklyn. He was raised by his Brooklyn. mother. He actually only met his father once in his entire life. He was six years Jesus old. Jesus Christ. And a cousin took him two blocks over to meet his father and his grandmother. Now, Ray what? told, uh, yeah, this is, gets, it gets crazier, just wait. Ray told Dee Watkins, the interviewer, that whilst his grandma sat at the kitchen table, his father said he was going to the bathroom and his father left through an open door and never returned. No. Never returned. He's been two blocks down all that time. That's peak. Yeah. That's so anyway, right. Raekwon's early life was, was genuinely wild. He told Hip Hop DX that the streets became his father after that, and thus he was exposed to literally everything they had to offer. He told Vlad that when crack hit his community in the 80s, the entire landscape changed. There were junkies everywhere, kids getting high and selling to, you know, fuel their sneaker habits and, and wanting to buy fly clothes so that everyone was selling crack cocaine, violence, fights, riots. 
He was shot, Raekwon was shot multiple times, came into contact with genuine violence. At one point, he was kicked out of his own home and was forced to live with a crack addict just to keep a roof over his head. He said this to Vlad, when you're little, you have the older dudes who want to fuck with you in the hood. When they catch you in the elevator, it's like straight body shots, blows, kicking you, punching you. We were used to that. So he's just getting beaten up by older people in the hood and he said that's just normal now at one point ray was accidentally shot in both his legs by someone who would later become his family member through marriage he said that because both shots hit him under the knee he actually felt quite lucky but it did force him to reevaluate his life he told this to hip-hop dx today i say to myself it was a good thing i got shot it was almost like the important eye-opener that i needed to have gave me a lot of time to sit down and reflect on where i'm going and where i'm trying to get to and that's all I was trying to figure out, but it really made me open up my mind to saying, yo, you're good at other things, man, and you have to surround yourself with a more positive outlook on life. So this is when he actually started taking rap seriously. Now, his family moved to Staten Island because, it, bro, his, his life's tough, man. His mother was robbed. Um, Ray told Jasmine Summers, he said, my mom, she's a single parent. She endured a lot of stuff, being abused. Uh, me being her only son watching these things take place affected me a lot. So the picture that Ray paints of his early life in books and in his interviews, it's just one of turmoil, but it was the only life that he knew. And he speaks in his book and in the interview with uh, Jasmine Summers about how important this upbringing was for him. Because rather than fully submit to the life, he used it as a spark to pursue a different type of life. He told Summers, when we started seeing people going down with crack, it was like, yo, this shit is tearing people up. So it was an automatic stop, turn the light on and off. Now, he attended junior high with Ghostface, and we spoke on their issues last week in depth. So if you do want to hear about their tumultuous history, and it is tumultuous, uh, that's the episode to go listen to because we spoke about that. Uh, he also met at school Remedy, Method Man, and Inspector Deck, two Wu members and a close affiliate. So this naturally placed him squarely in Riz's orbit, and through Ghost, Meth, and Deck, he was brought into the Wu-Tang fold. Now, we've spoken before about how all the Wu members signed individual deals for their solo albums. Now, Ray's actually came out via Loud Records, the same label that was dropping the Wu group albums. In an interview with DJ Booth, Ray said, When we got that record deal, I went and told my mums I got a job, Ma. She asked, what's your job? What do you do? I replied, I'm going to make music. I'm going to rhyme with my boys. We signed to a record company now, and they're going to pay us checks and fly us all around. Now, a very cool part of this story, and I think something that is indicative of the heart and soul of Wu-Tang, is that Raekwon actually gave Ghostface a large portion of his advance from Loud Records to make Only Built for Cuban Links. Vlad said it was $500,000, which is a lot, but Ray explained it was more complicated than that because obviously an advance is not just money that you put in your pocket, it's an advance to make the album with. But he shared his recording windfall with Ghostface, telling Vlad that he approached Ghost, asked him to rock with him because he felt uh, they thought similarly to each other and had great chemistry, and Ghost immediately agreed and said, wherever you go, I will go. So Ghost was locked in, and of course those first five Wu solo albums to Cow, Return to 36 Chambers, Liquid Swords, Only Built for Cuban Links, and Iron Man, they all heavily featured Wu members. You know, they were essentially collab albums. So Ghost and Ray traveled around quite a lot to record this album, this first album. He told Variety, uh, me and Ghost did a little bit of traveling making that album because we wanted complete concentration. So we tried to go somewhere secluded. Now we remember last week we talked about in the Ghost episode, they actually went to Barbados and got kicked out of Barbados and they ended up back in Miami. And Ray said this, he said about this 
going back to Miami. A typical day in the studio at the time was just to come in and focus on tracks. If you had some good reefer, then just sitting around and watching RZA in his prime was enough for me. All I had to do was come through and the next thing you know, I'm hearing tracks and different beats and different sounds. There were always good movies around. As we made beats, there was a TV around to take a break and smoke a joint and be inspired off a classic movie. That made everything fun. I would always come in and feel at home. And obviously, every single member we've spoken about so far in those early years talks about RZA creating like a really comfortable and safe environment for them to come record music. Multiple Wu members have said that they escape the craziness of the streets and the craziness of their life in RZA's basement, you know, with RZA, hanging out with RZA like... It was a sanctuary, basically, and that's what that's what Ray's saying here. Now, Ghostface looks back on his own debut with no fondness, Iron Man. Um, he said he felt scattered and confused during the recording, but Raekwon's experience was vastly different. He told XXL, I was straight up in the drug zone vibe. It was almost like a tablet of my life, where I wanted to go, all the shit I've seen. We was just showing people that we master all sides of the streets when it comes to trying to get to the top. Recognize I'm putting myself in another class where this might not reach everybody's table, but for the people whose table it do reach, it's like, yo, that's some hip-hop Bible to the streets. So Variety explained that Ray's vision for the album was inspired by films like Once Upon a Time in America and The Killer, essentially focusing on people stuck in the streets, but trying to pull off one more big score before going legit. Now, Ray's devotion to the concept album, of course, would carry throughout his entire career. Now, the weirdest part in hindsight, I guess, is that Ray was actually nervous his fans wouldn't understand the album. He told Variety... For the most part, I was nervous because I really wanted people to understand me. It's different when you make an album and you're just having fun making it. You're making dance music, you're doing all sorts of types of things. But for me, I knew that I wasn't going to be the dancey music type of guy, you know. This album is going to be a direct reflection of me. So despite Ray worrying about the album not being understood, it charted number four in the Billboard 200, 130k first week. But the critical acclaim truly set it apart. From the day it dropped, it was lauded as a hip-hop classic and Raekwon was vindicated. He told DJ Booth this, at that time, the radio personality was Randy Williams. I remember hearing her say on the radio, we got a new king in New York and his name is Raekwon the Chef. When I heard that, that's when I knew people saw my vision. I knew it was gonna be on then. That whole day I was getting phone calls and everything from people that were just saying, yo, you did it. This album is banging, it's a classic. Man, it was a good feeling. Even the record company had to congratulate me. So. I think that this album is the perfect distillation of that special something you feel when you put on a classic album. Like, it genuinely envelops you the minute it begins. You know, the same way Liquid Sword set you up with that stunning sample at the start, Cuban Link starts with those woodwinds on striving for perfection, which is as potent as a movie sample in setting the mood, and then Knuckleheads drops. And like, you know, despite Raekwon saying he never made dancey hip-hop, and he didn't, it's kind of impossible not to move to the beat on Knuckleheads, you know? It's just, it's a banger, like you're dancing around. And I think more so than any other Wu solo album, Cuban Links, I feel, has songs that have transcended the album. You know, everyone knows Criminology, Incarcerated Scarfaces, Verbal Intercourse, Ice Cream, Wu Gambino's, like one of the greatest posse cuts in history. I've probably, if, if you've never listened to Cuban Links before, you and you've never really listened to Raekwon, I bet you you're sitting there being like, I know those fucking songs. Like, you know those songs. Those songs have transcended this record. And I think they live within the Wu-Tang universe as a wholly different space to the other solo albums, you know, with the exception of maybe Shadowboxing off Liquid Swords. 
these are not songs rooted in Ray's solo discography as much as they are like Wu-Tang, genuine Wu-Tang anthems. And when you get asked your favorite Wu solo tracks, I think we inevitably gravitate back towards these tracks because of how iconic they were. You know, they recreated the brilliance of the collaborative nature of their debut group album. And I think also the density of the record too. I think for me, Places It Above Liquid Swords probably is my second favorite Wu solo album behind Supreme Clientele. Liquid Swords is amazing, don't get me wrong. But revisiting Cuban Links for this episode, I got drawn straight back into the, the lore around it and, you know, the narrative around it, the characters Ray plays, the slang terms, the chemistry with Ghostface, how different they are as MCs, but how they bounce off each other. Like if you look at Criminology versus Rainy Days, on Criminology, Ghost's energy like infects Raekwon, you know, gives him like probably Raekwon's most vibrant performance on the entire album because Ghostface set it off that way. But on Rainy Days, is a much darker track. And although Ghostface leads off, it's clearly a Raekwon song and he drags Ghostface into that space with him. And it's these kind of layers that keep me coming back to this album. You know, we might say Supreme Clientele is an album totally lacking in narrative structure and concept, but Cuban Links is the literal opposite. It's laced with intricate tales and slang and characters. It's it's a fucking genius album, man. Well, what else is there to say? <laughs> I was I was in my bag on that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, you're in your bag on that one. <laughs> oh gosh, I think Ben likes the album, guys. Thanks, um, Stone Ben. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it Stone Ben went off. Um, honestly, I mean, yeah, I don't really have much else on that front. I feel like you capsulated it pretty perfectly. I feel like. Um, it's it's the closest it's the closest Wu Tang album to being a Wu Tang album, but it's not a Wu Tang album, yeah, right? For sure, sense. it has that it has that essence, right? And no, that's no that's no shade to the others because the others are unique to the solo artists, right? You, mm-hmm. you, when you listen to Liquid Swords, that's a jizz album, like that, that's yeah, just sure. so that's just jizz all over, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> you, you shut up, guys. Stop it. Relax. Uh, but <laughs> but Raekwon just, I don't know. He uh, the, And obviously, when it comes to Wu-Tang as a collective, the reason why they're so unique and uh, special is because they all have that, they, they all sprinkle science of themselves into the whole product when it comes to whatever track they're on. And... When you listen to Cuban Links, you realize that Raekwon probably has, apart from maybe Rizzo, who's obviously, you know, the architect in that fashion, um, Raekwon has that, has the most, um, the biggest piece of the pie in terms of, oh, this track's heat. Why is it heat? Oh, because Raekwon is on it. And when you listen to Cuban Links, you understand it so much more, so much clearer. Um, when you're listening, I mean, fuck, Criminology is just one one of the best tracks ever. Honestly, I I just can't I can't cast that track up enough. Uh, that beat is probably like one of my top ten hip hop beats ever. Like, I just I fucking love that. It's so fucking haunting. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. The Griselda wish they could do something like that. That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. What else can I say, man? Let me read some lyrics. Fuck it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, like I mean, in verbal course you didn't mention, but obviously that's a here as well. Just Nas coming in, just uh, Nas appears on a couple of uh, Raycon songs. Um, mm, they had a good relationship in, back uh, then. Yeah, it was, it, it, yeah. Him and him and Nas have some 
great fucking chemistry. I wish I did more tracks with each other. Them, they got some good fucking chemistry. Um, from track to track. Uh, this is Mars. Um, through the lights, cameras, and action, glamour, glitters, and gold. I unfold the scroll, plant seeds to stampede the globe. When I'm deceased, by then the beasts arise like yeast to conquer peace, leaving savages to roam in the streets. Stupid man, absolutely crazy. There you got Raekwon on this one. Perhaps bullets bust, uh, niggas discuss mad money, true lies and white guys, we can see it through the eyes, catch the most on tape, kilos disintegrate, pyrex pots, we break, fiends licking plates in the building, niggas building, like little children, staring, them older niggas ain't caring, sirens circling, fiends aren't lurking in your baggage, oh one's gone now, what, smack him in his cabbage in the woodwork, crack sales, bubble like Woolworths in the projects, <sighs> It's the whole album, bro. This is the whole fucking album in a nutshell. It's just like it's this constant, it's this constant ver- verbal barrage. But like you said, when you look deep, when you when you look deeper into it, um, there's just so much. There's just so much more richness. There's so much more to eat. Uh, when you when you lyric dive and uh and, and just uh and just break it down for yourself, man. There's just too. It's just too many. There's too many heaters. Um. Just off, just off, like just off, song names. You just listen. You, you you read the song names, and you've probably heard of it, right? You've heard Ice Water. You've heard Ice Cream. You've heard Wu Gambinos, right? You've heard Guillotine. You've heard you've heard Rainy Days, Criminology, Incarcerated Scarfaces, Knuckleheads. You've 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 heard of these before. If you haven't spun them, you've definitely heard of the names, and. That do, that does a lot. That does that does a lot. And uh, you know, just for note, this is ninety five. So um, you know, that's that's some that's some prime that's some prime real estate <laughs> to 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 get into if you're if you're dropping heat in ninety five. And uh, yeah, this is obviously one of the one of the classics on classics uh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, it really is. And you know, what happened after that is interesting. It's an interesting story. So we get mobility. Ah, this one's a miss. This one's a bit of a miss. There's no oh, reason. Really? Oh, really? You, you like this one? I like this one. I Ooh. don't mind it. Yeah. Okay. Like this one. All right. Well, there's there's no RZA production uh, whatsoever on this project, um, which was obviously no ghost face features as well. Now, Ray told an interview with this. He said, "We reached immobility. It's like I grew up as a man. I went from being a young man to being a man now." It's like the whole game changed in front of my face. I matured after six years later. At the same time, it's business as well as it's still fun to me, but it's business now. I could have been getting jerked. I didn't care at the time. Through the years, I always thought when I finally get a chance to do a personal album, it's really going to feel like I put my work in. I wanted brothers to be knowing that I can do it and do it with no problem. At the same time, I knew what I was doing it for. It was about basically taking care of my family. When I'm in the street, I got love from everybody, not only drug dealers. But it could be from drug dealers down to somebody that work at a church. Rizza, and this is about Rizza. Rizza has hundreds of beats, but what makes me and Rizza classic at what we did was at the time that we had to share with one another, business gets so real that you don't see brothers a lot. At the time, I can't be responsible for letting another man control my destiny when it's time for me to do what I got to do. I'm one of them cats that'll give a brother a shot because that's how we got our try. So I think he's talking about giving other producers a chance um, and just not wanting to be defined by RZA beats, which I can totally understand. You know, Ghostface didn't go down that direction at all. He went in the opposite direction. He was just like, you know, feed me RZA beats. I don't care. 
um, and Raekwon went in a different direction. And I think personally, the album suffered heavily from the label issues and the lack of RZA to me. Uh, Ray told an interviewer that the label did not promote the record because they didn't really even want him to drop it. He said, uh, it wasn't the project, it wasn't that the project wasn't a good project. Steve has many companies coming to a label that you're not always there. You have so many different things to do. Everybody is doing everything else except doing what the fuck they got to do for me. You got to take care of your racehorses. You don't put racehorses in the same stable with regular horses. The one that wins gold and championships have special trainers. At the end of the day, I didn't receive any type of promotional marketing. So I just don't think we were maybe ready for this album to be the way it was. Like, I think that after Cuban Links, you know, they talked about Ghostface saying that he felt like he dropped the ball with uh, bulletproof wallets and he could have had three classics in a row. But he backed up Iron Man with Supreme Clientele. And, you know, Immobilarity came out before Supreme Clientele, but I think everyone was kind of expecting Cuban Links 2, you know, another RZA album, another Wu-Tang album with a lot of Wu members. And I think this album was entirely necessary for Raekwon. And I think it was very important that he did what he did because he would change his style dramatically through the 2000s in terms of he wouldn't go back to that Wu-Tang aesthetic every single time. He would push into different directions. He'd create new stories. And it was entirely him, you know, and he needed, I feel like he needed to do that to set himself aside from the Wu-Tang law, from, you know, the Wu-Tang universe. And these are all solo artists. As much as we say they're Wu members, they're Wu solo members, we always say the word Wu over and over again. These are solo artists in their own right. And I think Immobilarity was important for Raekwon to define that and show that he was a solo artist. Um, so... So why don't you like the album? It's just not there, man. The beats are not there. <laughs> it's just I don't know. Look, you know, and I, I'm I'm a, I'm a Raekwon fan, but I'm not the biggest Raekwon fan. And I do think that there's only a couple of Wu members who can carry a classic solo album with no Wu features or very few. And I I don't think Ray is one of those people. I just don't think he's one of those people. Well, I disagree. Uh, I feel like this album is interesting uh, because I. While yeah, you look at the you look at the producer list and you're just like, just, you know, who who who, right? <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it, especially now in hindsight, I'm just like, I, I, I'm sorry, I've just never heard these people. Um, you know, past that, uh, while you know, we can we can quibble about you know if the beats hit or not. Um, I feel like they fulfilled the purpose. Um, they're not criminology iconic or anything like that. Um, you know, they don't have the this doesn't have the iconic beats. So I'll give you that. But I don't think, uh, I don't think Raekwon suffers uh, for himself personally. You know, from performance via lyrics, I don't think he suffers uh, from the lack of uh, from the lack of help. I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, for lack of a better phrase, I still think he comes through with some heat. Um, there's some really good, uh, uh, really introspective, um, really introspective bars here. Some hard shit. Um, it's got, I feel like, everything you kind of want from the likes of Raekwon. Um, shout out to uh, fuck them with uh, Method Man. I like the, I I just like the that there's there's teachings in this particular song that I really respect. Uh, Method Man on the on the hook goes, uh, what you want to be when you grow up? You want to be thugs? You want to be pranksters? You want to sell drugs? You want to be gangsters? That's what city boys are made of, and. You know, Raekwon comes through with some good shit. I, I like, I like, I like, um, 
And this is kind of most of the songs for me when I'm when I'm you know while the beats ain't hitting hitting, they're serving the purpose. I would say they're not crap. They're just serving the purpose. Um, you know, you're coming through this. Uh, Coogees and Forty Seven Flavors display suede gaiters. We coming through to Blaze Neighbors. Meet Mark and pardon me to Heat Mark. A Dutch Spark it. Lex Leonardo Arts Profit. Apple Cranberry Mixer Cristal Fan Worry. Desert Mountain Crib in the Ground. We arsonists. One point five a liter. Take a taste. Splash your heater. Smack your face twice. <laughs> Smack your face twice. Clap your sneakers. Shit is like a mission to Mars. Fishing for bars. Taking what's ours. Knowledge. The car part. Don't be stupid. Uh, get a little cash. Better swoop it. Throw it in the ground and recoup it. Next check was the was best. Your family pack your shit. Get vexed. Leaving niggas standing in a bag of leaves. Some niggas catch on there trying to put them on they haters. I met 80 on them niggas, yo. Waiting on the sidelines, drooling. Need some, some need schooling. Uh, let me teach you and roll student what. Rule one, your respective, you lose, son. Don't be uh, don't be big back about to learn to move done. All hell to niggas in jail with sharks and they fish tanks. Now he come home, he a whale. It's just, it's, there's, some, there's, some, there's some shit I'm not even, I'm not even getting from that. I'm just like, shit man he means so <laughs> it's, it's, it's so it's so fucking it is so focused and it's so brooklynite i i can't i can't i, I can't love it enough um it's just one of those um he has one of, he just has one of those vocabularies that are very specific and very localized and i'm here for that um you know it turns it turn, it can turn a lot of people off um you know I, i've there's plenty there's plenty of uh, british artists that can't uh, get get out of maybe Europe because they're so localized in their in their phrasing and you know it's different for it's it's different for the for the Americans uh, even that's localized you know when you listen to some southern ice that some people can be turned off by how they speak and how they and, and what they say and if people even get it um, you know I didn't learn what OJ's were until uh, like a few years ago so and, and plenty plenty of artists have mentioned OJ's. In, in in the past decade so you know i don't don't let that get past you don't let that get don't let that get past you but um and you know honestly don't get don't let it get past you the fact that only method man and uh master killer are on here um any american cream team um you know past that there's some really good shit all over this place um all over this particular album i think i think it's still worthy of listen um you know nothing's going to be cuban links it's just just get that off our heads it's not going to be Cuban links, um, but it's still a very decent listen if you uh, enjoy just Raekwon lyrics, especially beats. I'll give you that. Fine, um, they're not great, but um, yeah, you know, Raekwon does his job here, so I'll take it. Lex Diamond, sorry, you know, obviously this is a concept album centered around one of Ray's Monica's Lex Diamond. Um, I did not like this one either. Uh, this is a tough listen. Okay. You know, I felt Havoc's verse on King of Kings is poor. I was shocked. I, I didn't expect it to be that bad. Ice Cream 2, I love the beat, but it is a terrible song. You know, I think... Yeah, the, the hook. It's a bad song, man. You can't do Ice Cream 2 and then have a hook like that and lyrical content like that. <laughs> I don't know what... I don't know what went it. through their head. like. It. I'll read it. <laughs> read it. Go. Do read it right now. Have you got it up? Ayo. Hey, and this is Ray Quant saying it. Ayo. Hey, butter pecan recons. See, Puerto Ricans. Get it? Pe- pecan. Yeah, right. Love a little candy girl. Ugh. Caramel cover girl. Love the way your body twirl. French vanilla cream. Body work is mean. Chocolate fudge. Make a nigga want to fall in love. 
yeah, this is uh, yeah. Yeah, nah. they'll be doing that. Not there. Anyway. Not there. I actually Not think there. the premise of the album is off too, as well, because it came out in two thousand three, and mafioso rap had been kind of dead for a solid five years. To be honest, you know, I would argue. One of the last true mainstream albums in that ilk was probably Volume 1 by Jay-Z, maybe Volume 2. Um, because after that, Diddy gave LOX shiny suits and Nas started making anthems like Hate Me Now and I Know I Can. So by the mid-2003, bro, Trackmasters and Manny Fresh owned the world. Bling Rap was in. And I felt like Ray was trying to go against the grain with this. And I respect that fully because you don't want to submit to something if it's not your vibe and we will find out in the future in 20 in the 2010s whether that was raised vibe with um fly luxurious art but you know I, I just don't think yeah i mean i respect it i know that he probably didn't want to do the bling thing and, and that's cool i mean no one really did it in in woo uh ghostface didn't do it but yeah man it just it didn't hit at all and if we compare it to something like supreme clientele where ghosts kind of brave that same landscape and push forth with something truly groundbreaking that was still rooted in the mid-90s. The Lex Diamond story is a, is a massive miss because he, he's trying to do something similar, like obviously not the lyrical content, but the sound. And I think Ray sounds fine. You know, he sounds decent and, and, and fresh, but the concept falters because it's been done so many times before. You know, when Jay-Z did something similar on American Gangster, which is an album I don't particularly like, to be perfectly honest, he gave it like a different he gave it a second dimension by like tying it to the movie of the same name you know the lex diamond story is just one dimensional and it's fascinating that an artist we just praise for adhering to conceptual albums would fumble a conceptual album but i think it makes sense i mean as we see through this every single raekwon album is a concept album they're all conceptual albums they're all narrative based and um it also must be remembered that ray had his own label at this point ice ice h2o which was being administered through Universal Records. So it didn't chart highly, and I also think that had something to do with it. You know, when you're on Loud Records, same label as Wu-Tang, you know, you've got all the, the studios, you've got all the producers, you've got all the features, you can do whatever you want. When you're on your own label, it's a completely different story. And um, yeah, I, I, st- I didn't enjoy it very much. And, and to be fair, this is the last Raekwon album I didn't enjoy. Every album after this I thought was brilliant. So it was a bit weird to have a couple of albums in a row that kind of fell flat for me. Oh, we're different sides of the coin today, are we? Oh, um, dear, okay. But yeah, uh, I mean, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I, I feel, I feel like I agree with you. It's a little bit one-dimensional as concept stories go. It's not um too, it's not too, uh, it's not too, um, uh, it's not too great. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not. It's, I don't think that gets past the fact that there's a few. Again, there's still some gems in here. Um, while I don't. Well, I don't really subscribe to um to brothers uh, reference themselves as uh, apes, but um well I don't fuck with that. Uh, Planet of the Apes is a bit of a banger. Um, so there's some components, Chigluch coming through with some good shit on there. She always, <clears throat> yeah, shit, deep look. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I I I see where you come from. You know, uh, uh, you know, King of Kings has a bit of. A, uh, but you know, robbery. Um, I don't, I don't mind. Robbery's pretty decent. Um, the sk- uh, Honestly, I feel like the skits are actually pretty decent in in this. But but with that, it kind of that's kind of where it kind of like gets stunted for me because I'm just like, okay, these are some decent skits. I love the restaurant skit. I just I just like it's so great. It's very vivid. So I can like see Raekwon and like his adversary just sitting there, like talking over some steak or whatever. It's got that film. It's got that film nature to it. But the but the songs, 
most of them, majority of them, don't really live up to that, to that, um, to that movie-like uh, feeling that I'm that I'm looking for. Um, it's kind of just more. It's kind of coming to what you were talking about, where he's kind of raging against the machine here. Um, and just saying like, oh, everyone's doing shiny suit. I'm gonna go out of my way not to do that. Um, and there's a, obviously there's ways of doing that. <clears throat> Contradicting just to be contradictory is just a bit. It's it's it. That's a that's a hard game to play. Um, you know, if you just want to do it because that's who you are, right? Then that's fine if you're being authentic about it. But I feel like it was just it felt it felt a bit forced uh, with this one. Um, but that doesn't get. With that said, there are you know a few decent tracks here and there, but overall, as a album listen, it's 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 a bit hit and miss. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree, it's a bit it's a bit disappointing. I only built for Cuban Links too. It's incredibly difficult to back up a classic album with more than a decade after it dropped. I would be very curious to see how many have done it. You know, Eminem couldn't really do it with Marshall Mathers LB two. You know, that was okay, but it wasn't on the same level. Uh, Blackstar obviously couldn't do it. We've heard of countless artists teasing. Well, I mean, come on, let's be let's be serious. They they didn't do it. I mean, it's very hard. Oh, no, because... I, I agree. I, was, I just totally forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, that's right. They didn't do it. They did drop. Fuck, that's crazy. Uh, but we've heard like we've heard of so many artists teasing. You know the the follow up project and never dropping them. I mean, Supreme Clientele Two has been talked about for years. Uh, Liquid Swords 2, like we've had all this, man, and it's very ridiculously hard to recapture that feeling or push that brand in a new direction. But this record, man, 88 review average on Metacritic, which is massive. Number four in the Billboard 200. It was initially announced in 2005, and Buster Rhymes was listed as the executive producer. And in January 26, 2006, sorry, Ray said that the album was finished. Now, during this period, Ray announced that he was signed to Aftermath. And then the album would come out via Dr. Dre. But the album didn't drop until 2009. And in that time, Ray seriously fell out with RZA, which we spoke about last week. Both Ghost and Ray were having financial difficulties with RZA around this time. You might also remember that Ghostface had a disagreement regarding the release date of the Big Doe Rehab in 2007. So this contributed not only to the delay in the release of the album, but the hype around it, because you know Ray had announced that RZA was heavily involved back when he announced the album, and since their differences had become so public, it was intriguing to hear how much RZA would actually feature on it. And he did. He did a little. He features on Black Mozart uh, and produces that track along with the song New Wu. Now, Ray also enlists a laundry list of legendary producers on here. We've got Dilla, Pete Rock, Molly Mall, RZA, Alchemist, Eric Sermon, Dr. Dre, Mathematics. Like, it's crazy. He left nothing to chance. Seven Ghostface features, 11 Wu members or affiliates, and it's a straight throwback to the original. I always struggled to compare this to the original because it feels different in scope to me. You know, I felt like Ray and his collaborators were trying to make a much grander statement than the original almost trying to pull the original energy into a sound that was popular and truly of the times. And I think, well, I mean, Ray said that Buster had a big say in that. He was originally meant to executive produce, and Ray told Village Voice it was Buster who secured the Jay Diller connection. He said basically him and Buster have a great rapport with one another, and Buster knew that he had something up his sleeve for Wu-Tang. When me and Buster were able to get together, he would talk highly about Jay Diller, and he said that he wants to work with you. I felt like it was worth checking out. Next thing you know, when I heard him, I was like, wow, 
This is like the slipper for Cinderella. It was a perfect fit. So in that same interview, Ray spoke about wanting to go back to his gritty roots from the first album, and he explained the process of that a little later in that same interview. He said, I just feel like right now, hip-hop is at a stage where everybody just wants to party. My thing is, I like partying, but at the same time, I still want to be creative and keep a legacy alive with making classic music. I think every MC should really take time out to craft his ability to be an MC again. Everybody's not captivated by money or glamour or even the power people... or even the power, people want to see creativity. We've been missing that a long time. Now, I said that I don't think Ray could pull off a solo classic album with no guests, mainly for the reason he just stated. You know, he loves going back and forth with real spitters. And I think, to me, it elevates his ability when he does that. I just think he lifts as an MC. And the bevy of guests he puts on Cuban Links 2 is a recipe for success because they all bring their absolute A-game. And I think it spurs Ray into the best vocal performance he put in since his debut. I think it's a great album. Yeah, um, I feel it um, It really... It does, I think, live up to being a part two, um, albeit stylistically a little bit different. Um, but I feel like that was just... That had to happen, right? I, I don't. I can't imagine uh, doing a part two of anything, and it's and and it's the same as the first, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be hitting up that uh, that new Avatar film, and I'm expecting it to be better. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting it to. It's been it's been over a decade. Technologically, it's different. I've been reading stuff on it, and it sounds like a fucking upgrade, right? So, why not expect the same for something like this, where it's you know, over a decade and change um, of uh, evolving and, you know, relationships created and stuff like that. Um, definitely via feature list alone, um, it's absurd. The producer list alone is absurd. Pete Rock, Dilla, Marley Marl, uh, Rizzo for a couple, Alchemist, Eric Sermon, like you said, um, at Max, like you said, uh, it's it's just, yeah, it's outstanding um, to, to, to spin. Uh, it's a really good spin. Um, shout to tracks like, uh, especially uh, something like Ace on Jones, which obviously is about um, ODB. Now, I I got I got a bit confused because I was listening to it in the background, and uh, he ended the first verse uh, with, uh, uh, and now I understand the meaning of love when I kiss the nigga, and I'm just like, sorry, what? And uh, so I looked it up, and someone. <laughs> Someone, someone, I looked it up and someone on Genius just, uh, there's no annotation or nothing. Uh, and it just, it just wants to just put this shit gay as hell in him. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's, it's, it, 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 that shit caught me off guard. I was like, excuse me. Um, but sure. Um, but yeah, past that, the track itself is very heartfelt and a uh, really good tribute to, uh, uh, to ODB. Um, but yeah, past that, man, it's just some heat all over the spot, man. Oh, actually, and on Nason Jones, is that um, uh, Kendrick actually uh, rapped over that particular beat as well on uh, one of the mixtapes? Uh, that is not really a mixtape, but it's there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a really good track. I was this is I was like, oh my gosh, where have I heard this? Oh yeah, Kendrick rapped over, it, didn't he? Yeah, wait, uh, really good. Anyway, um, but yeah, man, uh, just uh, wait, what else we got? A uh, fucking bagging crack. Oh, that Eric Sermon B, he just goes off on there. Oh, Jada Kiss and Stars P on Broken Safe, uh, Broken Safety. Yeah. I'm gonna read some of that shit. Uh let me get that up right quick. But yeah, uh past past that so many bangers all over the spot, bro. All over the shop. 
Um, where we got uh, Pyrex outside, House of Flying Daggers, fuck. Deck, Ghostface, Method Man on that one, bangers. Uh, Black Mozart, Spectre Deck, Rizzo on that. New Woo. Oh, Method Man's hook on New Woo fucking bounces. Fucking bounces. I love that. I love that hook to death. That is an absolute banging uh, fucking bouncy hook. I love that hook to death. Um, but yeah, look, uh, JD Kiss on this one, right? Um, Jesus Christ, bro. Down on 40 Deuce when I was a shorty Duke. Uh, that's when I got first uh, got the naughty noose. Now I come through in sporty coupe. I know what you better do. Still talking about what you ought to do. My crack spot is still portable. Facts <laughs> uh, are still portable. Funerals are still affordable. I'm betting than all of you. I'm in. I'm in the hood, scraping them. Jada kiss, raining them. Your lame niggas come up town, spend a day with him. Bigger ones, bootleg liquor runs. Blow something, nigga. Let the earth smoke hit your lung. Get your guns. The economy is down, so you're ready now. It's gonna be a lot of homies in the town. That's why I'm still bringing the seed bag. The sneakers that I can't pronounce. <laughs> that cost a G-stack. <laughs> niggas in the yard. We got this on repeat, Black. Fuck saving hip-hop. We bring the streets back. Fucking bangers. And it just goes straight into uh, Raycon's verses. That's also crazy. Playing spit, snipping, different colour wallies on. Bliffin had to take them off. They fucked up the soles, flipped it. I'm forever zooted. Crushed up glass. I'm just flashing through it. Nine times out of ten, swayed down at the Juma. Maybach bloomers, playing rumours, card sharks, getting cash money, take a loan, hit this tuna. <laughs> hit this tuna, you know, fucking raw. Uh, but yeah, man, this this, this, uh, this album's just exciting to listen to. It's really, like, the features are exciting, the the beats are exciting, just everything about it is just heat. Uh, shout out to Slick Rick on uh, We Will Rob You as well. Uh, just a, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't, uh, just, a, just a name that sticks out, definitely, um, on that one. And yeah, man, just bangers all over the spot. Um, not many, not many too, uh, not many too bad things to say about this album. Um, I feel like uh, if it, I feel like it does, it it doesn't suffer the uh sophomore slump, so to speak, in having a part two and having that. Um, yeah, I feel like the reviews are pretty uh consistent for what they for what they are being a eight metric, like you said. A lot of four stars, a lot, of eight, a lot of eights. Um, is that eight? Eight point eight from Pitchfork. Fucking hell, that's a different one, isn't it? So look at them being different. S- switching up right quick. Got an A minus there. So yeah, man. Um, definitely, definitely worthy of praise um, of this uh, of this album. Which um, I if if you told me that this album was panned uh, before I listened to it, I'd be like, yeah, well, it's it's just part two of an album that came out <laughs> of a classic that came out a decade and change ago. I'm not surprised, but. Uh, you know, it didn't, and that was the complete opposite. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Raycon on that one. Just, Do, you reckon, uh, it out the back. Do you reckon it is the best follow-up, like, to a classic best debut that's been 10 years plus since that album? Because, I mean, How look, many you know, those? we have heaps, <laughs> like, there's those? heaps of albums that came part twos, but they came quickly, you know, like, Carter 1, yeah, Carter yeah, 2, yeah, Carter 3, Volume 1, Volume 2. But, bro, this one, I mean... That's a long time. What was it? Ninety five to two thousand nine. It's fourteen years. It's, it's very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. I can't think of a better follow up in that in that realm that's been over ten years to a follow up to a classic album. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's just a ri- the, the whole the whole fact that it is that is a risk in itself, you know. And yeah, just just just, just start just starting there just makes my it makes me makes your eyebrow raise going. Hmm? Are you sure you want to do that? Like you can name it something else. You know what I mean? Just don't have to put that pressure on yourself. Um, but yeah, man, just uh, pulled pulled out the fucking bag. 
So we get Shaolin versus Wu Tang. Now I commend this album for a lot of reasons because firstly, no Rizzo again. Uh, second, Ray did not go into commercial retreat after the success of Cuban Links 2. Uh, he basically doubled down on this album and tried to do well commercially. He has Black Thought, Busta Rhymes, Ghost, Jizzard, Deck, Lloyd Banks, Meth, Nas, Rick Ross, Jim Jones, and Estelle. Estelle pops up again, and I'll talk about mm-hmm. that in a second. Um, she was obviously in the Ghost episode last week. I still can't find this exact link between Estelle and Wu-Tang because he does work with her again on All About You, and I'll talk about that when we get to that album. But, yeah. you know, Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang is a truly fascinating album in scope. In an interview with The Skinny promoting it, the interviewer was bold enough to say that this album came out as a direct response to RZA, notably around the issues with Eight Diagrams and the problem RZA, Ghost, and Ray were having at the time. Now, Ray said this, Number one, nothing is personal right here. We did speak about making this album a while ago because we felt at the end of the day it was a bad rep to come with eight diagrams at the time. We did speak about wanting to pick the right production to show RZA what Wu-Tang is really supposed to be like. When you're dealing with your brothers, you don't want to make them feel like it's anything personal. But at the end of the day, we've got careers, we've got lives, we've got kids to take care of. We just felt we've got to come with another album and keep our legacy alive. We wanted to do it the right way. Now, what he's saying is that Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang is a counter to Eight Diagrams, which is the Wu album that dropped in 2007. Now, a lot of people were critical of this. Say sorry? Oh, it's the anniversary today. Is it? Of Eight Diagrams? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, perfect. Fuck, I never listened to that album. Uh, (laughs) We'll we'll do it in a bit. We'll do it soon. A lot of people were critical of the sound of the album because RZA switched the production up notably. It's a much brighter record production-wise. And in response to that, both Ghost and Ray expressed their dismay at the sound and even claimed to be uncomfortable it was even released, citing the fact that it didn't sound like a Wu-Tang album should sound. Now, there's a typically brilliant article on Passion of the Weiss, and I'll read a bit about it. I'll read, sorry, a little bit of it. Uh, And they wrote... And that's been the major dividing point for years. What should Wu-Tang sound like? Raekwon, Ghostface, and Expected Deck are noted Wu-Tang conservatives, 95 or bust. RZA is liberal. Meth, Master Killer, You God, and Jizza are swing voters. Capadon will rap on anything. I like that. There is then a Ray quote. Uh, when we listened to the final of the final, we was like, nah, this album is rushed. It's not it. It's not where we want it to be. It's just not what we want the present coming after six years. So... This record, Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang, is a sonic response. It's a criticism. It's a throwback. Makes tracks like Every Soldier in the Hood, uh, Chop Chop, Rock and Roll, even Molasses sound a bit silly because to me, none of those tracks sound like old Wu production-wise. You know, I felt like they were really out of place on this album. Um, it kind of brings the facade down. It's, it's just a bit weird to have a pop rap beat produced by DJ Khalil with Rock and Roll. That that one, man, that's, that's not a good track. Totally wasted Ghost and Jim oh, Jones' performance. God, yeah. um, you know, but I do commend this album a lot. I do commend it a lot. I think it's a brave record. I think Raekwon could have retreated totally and removed any hope of commercial relevance and dropped something people can, you know, move their mind to but not move their feet to at all. But he did try to chart, and it might sound a bit silly for me to praise that, but that's a brave decision when you seek commercial success 15-plus years into your career. You risk getting criticized by old heads you risk being clowned by young heads. You know, it's and it's a good album. I think it's a good album. It's solid. I think Ray sounds great on it. I can't fault it apart from those tracks. You know, Soldier in the Hood, Rock and Roll. 
I think that, you know, they were designed to get on the charts and I don't think that was Ray's bag, but again, I commend him for attempting it. But yeah, I, I like this album a lot. I, I think it's a solid album. Yeah. Um I'm a little bit a little bit a little bit more lukewarm on it. Um I do understand now the now that I understand the uh background behind it especially. I feel um yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to make a response record, quote unquote. Um I I do find that interesting, but uh I don't know, if it, if that's the case then I don't think this succeeded entirely. Um, especially when you have, like you said, uh, something like rock and roll in every soldier in the hood, uh, it just kind of, I don't know, it kind of, uh, spoils the milk, uh, so to speak, right? It kind of, uh, kind of, kind of just, uh, sits there. It's just, um, really, yeah, they're just there and they're kind of eyesores, uh, to be honest, um, or earsores, quite, uh, you know, um, yeah, good old Rick Ross being on here. Lovely. Can't, can't, couldn't, couldn't wait to hear <sighs> that one. You know, rich and, rich and Black's interesting. Again, Nas on there. Um, very flexy. Uh, nothing like a good uh, Farrakhan. <laughs> Farrakhan sample uh, to throw on with it. Love, 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 love some Farrakhan. Um, but yeah, uh, this is, you know, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm, I'm being a bit lukewarm on it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's fine. It's solid. There's some good stuff in here. Uh, chop chop, as you mentioned, uh, crane style with Buster Rhymes as a heater. Um, uh, Lloyd Banks on Glass Trip of Scotland, I think that was, uh, I think that was a good one as well. Um, Dark School, um, so yeah, there's some good stuff, there's some good stuff all over here. Oh, Master of Our Fate with Black Fort, hello, like, <laughs> hello, knock knock knock, like Black Fort on the track. Um, that's obviously gonna hit. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's there's more good than bad, but um, there's just a lot, there's, there's a few eyesores on here, and I feel like uh, that kind of uh, takes the record down a notch for me. Um, so that that makes me lukewarm on it. But um, yeah, there's there's some there's some there's some good stuff on here, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, I think it's alright. I think um, I mean, then we get Fly Luxurious uh, International oh. Art, Fly International Luxurious Art Filler. Now, yeah, what's what's the what's the hype with Feeler, bro? <laughs> you know what? I never found Feeler as a brand that hot. I bought a Feeler shirt in like, like 2000, 2006 when I went to London because everyone was rocking Feeler at that point. Big up Feeler. There are pictures of me in London running around in a Feeler shirt. Like you know, I was <laughs> I was trendy at that point in my life. But yeah, yeah this um, this um, look, I came. Sportif. I came very late to the Raekwon party. Uh, you know, I knew who he was. I knew his iconic verses. I'd spun Cuban links a few times, but the hype around this record drew me in, like really. And for the first time in my life, I was like anticipating a Raekwon album. I was, I was ready for it. You know, it was on my radar fully. So in 2012, Ray announced the EP Lost Jewelry, released for free in January 2013 by his independent label. A few weeks earlier, he announced Fila, the album, and said it was an ode to his stylish side, glamour, lifestyle, and fashion. Now, we already know from our Capadonna episode and from Ghostface last week saying that flyness is a cornerstone of the Wu-Tang vibe. Uh, Raekwon, more than anyone else in the Wu, including Meth and ODB, embraced the, embraced the grittiness. You know, that's the other side of Wu-Tang. And his sound has always been rooted heavily in 95, like the same year that gave us the infamous. And every time he's needed a re-up, he's returned to that aesthetic. So for him to state that he's embracing the flyness, uh, I think people were being like, are you, are you 100% sure about that? Like, is that the right thing to be doing? And 
I didn't think he fucked it up at all. I really don't. You know, this isn't Nostradamus or Magna Carta Holy Grail. Ray centers this entire record in his own sound, and then I feel like he expands upon it lyrically, adding little flourishes, upgrading the tax bracket of his brags, dragging in some of the goats of flyness. You know, we've got ASAP Rocky, 2 Chain, Snoop Dogg on here, and yes, we do have French Montana on here. Um, Estelle pops up again. Estelle pops up again on All About You, the lead single, and he said this to Boombox. I'm a big fan of R&B music. You know, we was always down with SWV and all that back in the day. So, you know, we did some Jodeci records. As for Estelle, she's a dope artist out of Britain and it goes with the whole fly international luxurious art movement. Having someone out there with that voice and I'm a big fan of her. So it was the perfect mesh. Now, during that same interview, they asked who he turns for for advice within the Wu and he says Ghostface. Ghost is one of my favorites in the group. I love all my brothers, but he was there more or less giving me some guidance on what he liked on the album or the features that I picked. He was always like the big brother I could call and ask for advice. And I like the quote for this album because Ghostface has been effortlessly fly his entire career. You know, this yeah, like this might be out of pocket, but I see Ghost and Ray kind of similar to Jay and Nas in that sense. Like Nas is a poet, but it's no secret that I haven't really enjoyed his King's Disease series that much, you know, and really everything since Life is Good, including Life is Good, has fallen a bit flat to me because I feel like Nas bragging about wealth feels, you know, it, it just feels like he's done it. It, it. It's new to him. Like, it's not common to him. Like, when he was talking earlier, like Illmatic, that's not... If we compare Illmatic to Reasonable Doubt, Reasonable Doubt is just totally flyness. That's that's him. That's Jay-Z bragging about wealth. That's what he's done his entire career. And Nas on Illmatic wasn't doing that at all. So it's a bit of a switch up. And Ghostface has always been naturally fly. Like, if we're going to use that, um, you know, it's just like I think Ghostface on Supreme Clientele, some of the just the slang terms he was using is just crazy. It's out of left field. So for Raekwon to go to Ghostface for advice and say, like, how do I do this? I think that's perfect. I really do. And, you know, I think this is a great album. I really do. It's not on Spotify. Really fucking annoying. It didn't come out on streaming services. It's on YouTube. Uh, it got hammered by critics. 63 out of 100. People did not like this album. People did not like it. And I can understand why. I can totally understand why. Um, it's almost like this is the album that I expected the Lex Diamond story to be. Like, I expected that to be that because it came out in 2003, because Raekwon's last album, Immobilarity, hadn't done as well. I kind of expected him to do like a poppy, rappy record, like Neptune's Trackmasters kind of record. Uh, and that's what Fly Luxurious, Fly International Luxurious Art is to me. It's, it's the more poppy kind of, and I don't know, I vibed with it for some, I have no idea why, but I enjoyed it. Did you just hear yourself? What? You want, you want Rayquan on a track, boss? Is he fucking mess? No, I, look, I did not say that, okay? I said I expected that to happen on the Lex Diamond story. I expected it, but it didn't happen. He's not on a track master's track on this. There's no track, there better not be any track masters on this. Otherwise, it made myself look like a fucking idiot. This might as well be a track master's album. This might might as well be for me. Honestly, this album's boo boo. No, no. And that, and that, all that Nas shit you were saying, bro. Fuck, you know, you, you, you're lucky. You're lucky. You would just move. I'm moving the fuck on because that was just annoying to fucking listen to. <sighs> you just chatting some shit right there. That was crazy. God damn. Fuck me. All right. Anyway. Fuck. Yeah. This this album. I, I just don't like this album at all. It's just. I, I I get it. I understand it. He in some ways he does succeed in you know being the high luxury dude, right? 
<clears throat> and going down that route. Fuck me, these features suck. Oh, these features suck. I hate these features to fucking death. They suck. French, boo, two chains, boo. Aww. Snoop Dogg mails it in. What the fuck, Soundboy Kill? Don't know what that is. That's just a bastardization of whatever the fuck is supposed to be. Rick Ross, boo. Um, you know, I I don't mind all about you with Estelle. That's decent, but yeah. Um, and four in the morning with Ghostface is fine. There's a couple of decent ones in between where it's just uh, Raekwon on his own. But overall, I just don't fuck with the uh with the concepts at all. Uh, just find it a bit disingenuous. I don't know. Um, but that's just me projecting, I guess. But yeah, the lyrics, uh, not the lyrics, the the features. Fuck, the features suck. <laughs> the features suck. Oh, the features suck, and the and some of the beats are just not there either for me. Um, oh look, Swizzy on Soundboy, kill it! No fuck, there we go, there, there we go. We found it, we found it, we found the reason. There we go. Fucking hell, I just, I just Swizzy, Swizzy uh, hater. I'm not, I'm not Swizzy hater. You I'm are, Swizzy hater, but uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not I'm not. I don't hate Swizzy. I don't hate Swizzy. I love Swizzy. <laughs> I don't hate Swizzy. I just don't like anything he's ever done in his entire life. If he does something good, I'll like him. I'm not a hater. Hey, 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 hey. Right. You guys listen to that DMX out, uh, episode and you tell me I didn't like any of no, that, right? Fair. Shut up. I act like I didn't like any of that. It's just the same a lot of the time, right? And then, you know, anyway. But anyway, I, I, unlike you with your Narslander for like five fucking minutes, I'm going to keep it moving. Five minutes? Subject to the story. I just said I didn't like uh, King's yeah. Disease. Bruv, you went, you went deep in the not liking King's Disease. You were just making fucking comparisons and shit. And like, oh, what if to do this, but he's not that anymore. Whatever, bruv. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So this is, yeah. We could keep that one under our hats because that's a cancelable offence saying stuff like that about Nas. Anyway, we move on to the, there. <laughs> the Wild. We have The Wild. Um, charted 88 independently in 2017. That's fucking, that's epic, man. And the whole premise of this album, he told XXL, he says, it definitely came from a King Kong style of thing that I was thinking at the time. I felt like in the industry anyway, just look at my track record. I didn't have a title at first for it, but I knew it was something that I felt had to make an album totally different from Fly International Luxurious Art. So Thank he, you. Yeah, he do was, that. Yeah, do he that. was great, like, no. Great, great decision. This album, decision. This album, The Wild, right here is more me. <laughs> he says it's more him. Like, he even admits is he, it now? Fly International Luxurious Art was not Raekwon. Look, that's what really? I, that's what really? I said. I said that Ghostface was the Read effortless bragger. I said that. I said this is not Raekwon's bag. I said he pulled it off, but I don't think it's his, his area. That's why I did the Nas comparison. It's making sense Fuck now. Fuck off, It's all man. making sense now. Now, let me continue with Raekwon's quote. He says, I'm saying, damn, New York looking crazy to me right now. New York look like it's going through an identity crisis. When you think about that, you think of coming to your city, it's been hit by a fucking hurricane and nobody fixed it up yet. So I said, you know what? That sounds like it makes sense. Then me being bigger than everybody on there, it's the longevity that I put in. I'm just actually walking around the jungle living still because the industry to me is the jungle. So basically the whole thing is, uh, you know, he's just talking about his place in the industry, his place in, in hip hop. And, you know, one aspect I do adore about Ray's discography is obviously the conceptual angle, which is something he clearly shares with RZA, despite their creative differences. And maybe that's something Ray could have been a little more conscious of, 
Um, you know, we will doubtless discuss it during the RZA episode, but RZA has a vision for every single Wu project, whether it's an affiliate solo album or Supreme Clientele or a Wu-Tang album or, you know, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. You know, he has a vision and Ray has a treatment for every single record he's ever recorded. So obviously the cover art works on multiple levels because, you know, Ray is the biggest in the concrete jungle. You know, that's New York City, but he's also the strongest to survive in the music industry. He's a Goliath who continues to chart and continues to cut through the noise and the bullshit. And, you know, it's the first Raekwon album that features no Wu-Tang members. Uh, in their place, we get some kind of middling features from CeeLo Green, inexplicably g Easy. On one of the worst yeah, tracks of Raekwon's career, was, Purple Brick Road. Horrible, horrible song. Um, I did love My Corner with Lil Wayne. I've always gravitated back to that song. But yeah, it's a good album. It's a, it's a really solid album. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think it was too much of an overcorrection. I felt like he could have done that after Fila. I feel like he could have like tried to do you know Cuban Links 3 or something crazy to kind of wash that taste out of everyone's mouth. But he didn't do that. He kept a couple of little aspects from that. I think My Corner, for example, could have fit on Fly International Luxurious Art. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a solid album. I enjoyed it. Yeah, this is um, yeah, uh, a return to form, I would say. Um, I don't like the beat to My Corner. Um, I just I found I found that beat yeah, a bit dated. That's uh, fair. <laughs> again, no. Why the fuck? Jesus, honestly, oh, bro, I don't understand <laughs> like, that one. No, it, Someone has I to saw that. that I was just me. like, I must. I, I was like, I need my glasses checked. Like, I've, I was I was so confused. I was like, no, I got that ain't cheesy. That's easy e, right? And I looked in. I was like, shit, <laughs> just easy e. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, like he just you know I brought up a verse like you know I don't know called up whoever got. Easy's estate, just like go. I need an easy verse. I thought that was what it was, but no, it says Jeezy. I was like, oh fuck. Um, I like Marvin with CeeLo Green. I think CeeLo Green banged that out yeah. real nice. Yeah. I, I was, I really enjoyed that. That was a banger track. Um, skits can skits uh skits and uh middling. Um, they're there. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, you know, there's some there's some good stuff here. Visiting hour with Andre Day, very passionate. Really like that track. Um, you hear me. Uh, it's really good as well. Uh, what it comes, this is what it comes to, banger as well. There's some really good stuff all over here, um, and uh, again, just a very good uh, return to form. And uh, I feel like this is, uh, on the face, it feels like it shouldn't be as good as it is. You know, just an artist that's been around for a minute. It's 2017. Uh, doesn't, doesn't sound doesn't sound like it should be should be decent, but uh, you know, he he really <coughs> he um. He, uh, 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 I guess, uh, passes expectations uh, with this with this one um, to produce a real real solid piece of work. Um, great album artwork. Whoever did that, A plus, really banging artwork. Uh, but yeah, man, solid album. Good stuff. Good fi- good finish. And you know, you mentioned Cuban Links three, and obviously that's uh, hopefully maybe coming next year. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, great album, man, and and. That's Ray, man. I think I think Ray might be one of the most unique artists we've looked at on this podcast because, you know, his journey is truly fascinating because you'd be forgiven for thinking that he's the metronome within Wu-Tang because I always felt that, you know, when you need consistency, when you need a solid verse, that will not disappoint. It has to be Raekwon because I think Jizza can get a little bit too caught up in the technique and the ceremony. Uh, and these are not criticisms, by the way. These are these are pros from these artists. I mean, that's incredible. That's what li- made Liquid Swords incredible. Ghostface can be too wild in that sense. Meth can be a little bit unfocused. ODB could be a lot unfocused. 
Uh, deck can be a touch anonymous sometimes. Master Killer and New God don't have that skill set. Uh, Capadonna can be a little bit abrasive, and, and Rizza's Rizza. You know, you either get Nutmeg Rizza or you get Digi Snacks Rizza. You know, you don't know what Rizza you're going to get on the mic. But Raekwon does not miss. You know, like Raekwon does not miss. Uh, he keeps time within the woo, but. Like we discovered with Ghostface last week, he's far more than that. I think he's far more because his solo career is hardly a, a study in taking the road most traveled. Like Ray has managed to keep his consistency whilst taking big conceptual risks. It hasn't always worked. You know, it hasn't always worked. Obviously, Fly International did not work that well. Lex Diamond's story didn't work that well. Um, you know, I think that like when your debut album charts top 10 and spends 21 weeks on the Billboard 200, like, that's massive, especially the sound that Raekwon was doing. And then for a mobility to come out and, and really struggle, and Lex Diamond's story to also struggle, that kind of really threatened to derail his solo album career commercially. You know, charting 102 on the Billboard 200 with Lex Diamond, despite coming out via Universal and getting panned by critics, like, that's tough. But Ray was undeterred. He left the scene for six years, and he crafted the perfect response um but you know that's brave i think it's brave because he had one classic album and two not so great albums and he decides to follow all that by returning to his classic debut with cuban links 2 in 2009 that's very difficult to do 2009 was a weird time in hip-hop man very weird time in hip-hop and what followed was a mid-career renaissance that you know one of the best that we've seen on this pod i think because i think his next four albums you know fly international i love that album other people don't that's fair but I think the next, like, they confirmed his love of concept. He took risks. He pushed boundaries. He tried to center the Wu-Tang sound in the present-day commercial landscape. And, you know, so if you're saying that Raekwon is simply Wu-Tang's metronome and nothing more, that's obtuse. Like, he's far more than that. You know, he's an artist with a potent and vibrant conceptual vision, not only for his own career, but for the music industry and hip-hop at large. And I think The Wild proves that. And, yeah, man, great 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 solo career like not what i expected not as good as ghostface for example um but yeah good man really good i uh i found this this episode really fascinating i'm, I'm interested in like seeing raekwon's progression throughout his career and just like sticking true to that narrative concept and i guess that's probably why he did have a lot of issues with rizza because you know when you have strong creative visions like that and they bump up against each other you know, neither of them are going to budge. And unfortunately, under those circumstances, Riz is always going to win because he's the leader of the Wu-Tang. You know, he's in control. He's got the keys. So Raekwon went away and did his own thing. I mean, Shaolin versus Wu-Tang, that's a pretty cool concept, but very risky to go against your own group like that. But he pulled it off. Yeah, much um, uh, very creative. And I uh, don't think people uh, give him enough credit for his creativity. Um, and uh, just thinking that he's like, you know, a more reserved version of Ghostface, a more intricate version of Ghostface, uh, you know, so, so to speak. Um, but uh, let's not let's not get past the uh, the 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 major tone here for this episode, which is that uh, Ben liked Feeler and didn't like Immobilarity, and that's crimes against hip hop. Uh, so with that said, we shall <laughs> kill it oh yeah mobilarity a mobilarity up there with uh paid in full and the infamous and don't ready to me die do me against don't the that. that mobilarity don't, one of the greatest hip-hop don't. albums ever made <laughs> sure you hijack him what an idiot <laughs> i am you know fucking hijacking by a, a hijacking my hijack absolute 
tragic state of affairs this episode. <laughs> Leave it there. <laughs> I've had some light though. Oh, if you have anything bad. Uh, no, not really. Not anything that I can't really talk about it or I'll get dragged. For just... I hate wireless earphones. Okay, shit, right. That's my I didn't expect it to go I there. Went, I went to Jazz Cafe for the for my last, um, probably my last uh, you know, show I'm going to hit this year. Uh, for the meantime, I mean, it might snow tomorrow, which is fucking blows my mind uh, so, so yeah i'm going out um yeah i know right but um uh i mean literally bro it hasn't snowed it hasn't snowed before christmas like i don't think ever in my lifetime i don't i don't remember a time but anyway um so yeah i went to jazz cafe um Sakita records showcase shout to them shout to alpha mist um uh just obviously a big jazz night um highlighting the works of uh, rudy kresik kresik not kreswick uh jace finks and jamie leeming uh, really good artists in their own right. Um, especially the really Kresic album. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, definitely on my album uh, shortlist. Um, gonna give that a spin soon. See if that makes it. Um, I might give the Jamie Leeming record a, a spin as well. I haven't spun it, but um, he was uh, very impressive um, on the guitar. Um, and the J Sphinx records are dropping sometime. I think in uh, March. I think Alphamist said. So look out for that. Um, but yeah, uh, I uh, so a little story time. Like um, so. I am relatively um, good with my shit. Um, I say relatively, just you know, as a uh, as a as a marker. But I feel like I'm good with my stuff, right? I don't lose things easy. You know, it's it's not it's not something. You know, you know, there's a lot of people that have their whole whole personalities of being flaky and you know, oh, I'm I'm so ditzy and I'm so clumsy. I lose my things all the time. Oh, I can't find any of my things. I know where my shit's at most of the time, right? I'm not OCD with it, but I'm pretty good. Um, so when I was a youth in high school, uh, I lost my house keys like twice in relatively quick succession. Um, and it's not like I looked in the mirror after that, after those moments and going, yeah, you know what? I'm going to change right here and I'm not going to lose my shit ever again. Right. I didn't do that. But, you know, I subconsciously switched up a bit and, you know, tried to keep care of my stuff. Um, so... Going to th- going to when I uh, to the show the other day, <clears throat> so you know I have a bag, right? A little little you know seven liter bag, right? So um, you know it's relatively large. Fit my camera in there, put my charger in there, um, portable charger anyway, and um, you know just small other small things, and including the case to my earphones, my wireless earphones, right? And if anyone has wireless wireless earphones, you know that you can't charge your earphones unless you have the case. So. I go, um, so this is how I clock it, right? So I'm out, right? I put my earphones in, I leave the house, right? Boom. They're in my bag, as far as I know. I unzip my bag when I get to the train station to take my take out my wallet. Because my, my smart card's in it, right? To, to go on the train. So I do that, and somehow, I don't know if just if it's just because my it was, it was what I call fuck it's cold cold um, that night, because it really was cold and shit was frosting over already like 6 p.m um but i just didn't i left my bag open for some reason for some reason so throughout the whole trip from from my place to london i had my bag open and i didn't clock until i got to the venue and i was like shit is my was my bag open all this time uh and then i was looking for i was looking for my earphone case right and i was like couldn't find it and then Asked, asked my bag to be searched and was like, yeah, go for it. See if you can find my earphone case. 
go in there. I can't find my earphone case. I ask my ask my ask my mum like, can you is is my have I left my earphone case at home? Right, and I usually leave it at a very specific place, like on the front table, the you know near the front door, and it's not there. So I'm just like fuck, <laughs> and I didn't and this didn't all dawn or dawn upon me until you know, like the second artist came through, until Jamie Lehman came through, and I was just like shit. Have I lost my earphone case? So yeah, I've lost my earphone case. Um, and I was extremely just kind of like disappointed and pissed off at myself. And uh, honestly, that's my experiment over. I'm just not going to do wireless earphones anymore. I, I, I can't. I, it's, it's really irritating. Um, it was really irritating at first because I had a pair of wireless earphones that weren't, that didn't fit my ear properly. You know, it was very, it was very uncomfortable most of the time right and it didn't really fulfill the purpose and that is on top of the fact that a lot of wireless earphones aren't as good quality as as wired earphones and that's just a fact um they finally gotten to the point where they can do high res audio there's a few that can do it now and that's coming in um but your you lots airpods you lots galaxy buds or whatever the pixel buds all that shit beats all of that shit aren't as good a quality as wired earphones and that's just a fact but yet people buy it for 200, 300 quid. It doesn't make sense to me anymore. Um, so I'm done with it. I'm as soon as I get as soon as I have the P, I'm gonna buy myself some wired earphones again. Um, and I'm gonna get like a, a DAC dongle to for my for my phone. And I'm just gonna do that. I'm just gonna go back to that. Um, because that's when I was the most happiest listening to tunes, and I didn't have to bother, and and I didn't lose my shit. It's hard to lose earphones. I feel. Um, uh, you know, wired ones because it's a wire, right? You wrap it round and you're packing it in. Like you have to actually focus on it. But when you have these small little things in your hat in your ears, uh, you know, none of that shit popped out of my ear. I'm not jogging with them, but you know that can happen. And the fact that I lost my earphone case and the fact that I can't charge my earphones now really pisses me off. And it doesn't make sense. There's no tracker in in the in the in the earphone case, like no provisions or anything. And the fact that I have to have to have it in order to charge my earphones does not make sense to me. Car without an engine at this point, you know what I mean? And while I'm pissed off myself for losing it, um, because I'm better than that, and the fact that I had my bag open throughout the whole fucking trip towards to the jazz cafe is really just that uncharacteristic for me. But the fact that it's just not, it's just a lot of a lot of cons here and it, um, i've just come i've come down to that fact that it's just uh it's not worth the, it's not worth the stress just get yourself some wired earphones fuck all these phone fuck all these phone companies forcing you to ditch a headphone jack fuck it like get a, get a dac dongle um you can get one for like 40 50 quid and you can get high quality uh music if you have tidal hi-fi any of that um whatever the apple music one is if you want that get yourself a dac dongle just search it up you can find one and get yourself some wired earphones, man. Just, just, uh, it, you, it's cheaper in the long run. It's like uh, the one I, the one I'm looking up, um, uh, uh, with the dongle and earphones, um, is like 110, right? And that's cheaper than my the earbuds I've just uh, that I just now could put in my in my fucking uh, case right now, uh, at the front of my the front door. And uh, you know, it's, it's it's cheaper than all the Galaxy buds, all the AirPods, any of those. It's cheaper, so just go for that that's my advice on that front if you if you don't want to if, if it's a cautionary tale for you guys because that shit really fucked me off to this, this fucking week um and uh really pissed me off but 
on a positive, on the actual lighter note, um, obviously we recorded on Saturday, Ben's, uh, Ben's Monday, um, Sunday, my Sunday, Ben's Monday, and uh, Lil Sims is dropping in ETA four hours as I record, and I'm fucking guessed. It's 10 tracks. I can't fucking wait. Wait, she's dropping oh, now? Goodness. She's dropping it. She's dropping, bro. I thought it was coming yeah, it might out be, another might time. Be, might be there for you right now. Who knows? Might be there. Go what? have a check. Might be there. What? Did you not know? Nah, oh, Ben Sleep. Ben I've Sleep. Been staying offline all weekend. Ben Sleep. Oh, Entire it's out. produced by Inflow. It's Ten out tracks. in Australia. Oh, I've just pressed play on it. It's in my earphones right now. <laughs> Fucking dickhead. Oh, yes. Right, right. No, stop. I have to wait four hours. It's chill. Can we at least finish first before you spin it? Fuck, this this week? Oh, that's that's what I'm doing today is listening to this one album. Yeah, Fucking yeah. Hell. No shit. Definitely, definitely. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we'll leave it there on that high note of Sims dropping. All of you go spin right now. Uh, yeah, from the 5th and Podcast Network, this has been Digging Digits. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'll be Charlie Taylor for the moment. I've been Ben Carter for Pop Numbers. We hope you all have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. So until next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, peace. Big and Indigits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Easy to finish shows, please video games, but bonus points. Thanks to Chill Hot Music. Been a bit to use. Socials for the Phenomen Hip Hop by Numbers, Bonus Points and Chill Music will be in the full show notes as well as names and projects reviewed wherever you're listening. This has been a Fifth Podcast Reproduction. Thanks for spending time with us. We'll just see you next time. I'm digging in the digits.